Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 Hunter Biden's legal team appeared to pull a dirty trick on Tuesday, July 25th to block the release of damning evidence ahead of his expected legal guilty plea to federal charges of tax evasion and weapons crimes. The drama began in the morning when the House Ways and Means Committee filed an amicus brief to Delaware U.S. District Judge Marilyn Norieka arguing that the 53-year-old had benefited from, quote, political interference, which calls into question the proprietary of the investigation into alleged crimes, including money laundering, felony tax evasion, and failure to register as a foreign agent. The filing included testimony by two IRS whistleblowers who sat for transcribed interviews on May 26th and June 1st. What happened next was outlined in a letter sent to the judge on Tuesday afternoon, July 24th, by the committee's top July 25th by the committee's top lawyer, Theodore Kitilla. Quote, at approximately 1.30 p.m. we received word that our filing was removed from the docket, Kitilla said. We promptly contacted the clerk's office and we were advised that someone contacted the court representing that they, that they worked with my office and that they were asking the court to remove this from the docket. We immediately advised that this was inaccurate. The clerk's office responded that we would need to refile. We have done so now. Catilla included email exchanges with court officials and Hunter Biden's attorneys in the fresh filing. Hi, Ted, quote, he said, following up on our recent telephone conversation, the woman who called was a Jessica Bengals, confirmed court official Samantha Grimes. She said she worked with Theodore Catilla, and it was important the document was removed immediately or they could file a motion to seal. I do deeply apologize for all the confusion on our part, end quote. Bengals is the director of litigation services at the New York-based law firm of Latham and Watkins, where Hunter Biden attorney Chris Clark was formerly a partner. When Catilla confronted Hunter's legal team, Hunter's attorneys tried to claim the filing contained confidential tax and identifying information, even though the whistleblower testimony has been public for more than a month. The timestamp from the emails also indicated the request to take the document down was made after Catilla refused a request to file the testimony under seal. Quote, as far as I'm aware, the managing attorney from Latham called the clerk's office to note that personal tax information of the defendant had been filed in a non-redacted manner and to inquire regarding having the information sealed, as we told you we would, and as you said, you understood, Clark wrote. As far as I'm aware, the clerk took down the filing, took the filing down on their own accord. Your attempts to publicly file my client's personal financial information with no protection is, are, Improper, illegal, and in violation of applicable rules. We will seek all appropriate sanctions in response to your actions. You should probably take a step back from your statements, Catilla warned. The clerk's office advised that it was represented to her that the request was being made by my firm. We will be advising Judge Norieka of this improper conduct. End quote. I stand by all of my statements and I hope you have an affidavit from the clerk in support of yours, Clark replied. In an evening order, Norieka gave Hunter's attorneys until 9 p.m. to, quote, show cause as to why sanctions should not be considered for misrepresentations to the court, while noting that they had not formally filed any request to seal evidence in the manner. However, she also ordered the filing sealed until the close of business on Wednesday, July 26th. Quote, we filed what was already public, voted out by Congress, as something for the, for the judge to be aware of. 
Ways and Means Committee spokesperson J.P. Fryer told the Post. They then misrepresented, misrepresented themselves to get it taken down. Shortly before 9 p.m., Bengals submitted an affidavit in which she blamed a miscommunication among the clerks for the removal of the Ways and Means filing. Quote, I am completely confident that I never indicated that I was calling from Mr. Catilla's firm or that I worked with him in any way, she said. The only mention of his name was when the clerk had asked me if the filings had been entered by Mr. Catilla's firm, and I answered that I believed that that to be the case. In a letter to the judge, Hunter's lawyers said, We have no idea how the misunderstanding occurred, but our, mis but our understanding is there was no, no misrepresentation. We hope this letter and the attached declaration dispels any suggestion that undersigned counsel or our staff would ever intentionally misrepresent or mislead the court with respect to any matter, the defense team added. It remains unclear whether the controversy will affect Noriega's decision about whether to accept the Hunter Biden's plea, which Republicans have derided as, quote, a sweetheart deal. Number two. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back against Vice President Kamala Harris's claim that his state's slavery curriculum is an attempt to, re quote, replace history with lies. Harris claimed last week that Florida wants to teach middle school students that enslaved people benefited from slavery. DeSantis told Jesse Waters Primetime on Tuesday, July 25th, that the Vice President is trying to push, quote, a fake narrative about the curriculum. She hopped on that plane very quickly on Friday to come down to Florida to spew this hoax, he said. She wasn't going down to the border to actually do the job there to secure it. She wasn't working on all the cities that are decaying because of Soros-backed prosecutors. She's not worried about the military running low on ammo and weapon stocks. No, she's here to try to push a fake narrative about what Florida did. DeSantis explained that the curriculum went through very thorough standards upheld by African-American scholars. Quote, there's no agenda here. It's just the truth. And they talk in gory detail a lot of the bad in American history, including, of course, the injustice of slavery. But she's trying to perpetuate a hoax, he added. And I know they're using it to attack me because Biden administration, Harris, has been attacking me since they got in office. And they're always attacking Florida. One of the co-authors of the curriculum, Dr. William Allen, also called out Harris, saying her remarks were, quote, categorically false. The 2024 GOP presidential candidate also weighed in on House, Rep House Republicans floating the possibility of beginning an impeachment inquiry against President Biden over corruption and bribery allegations. The House Oversight Committee has claimed that the Biden family and its business associates received millions from foreign nationals and created more than a dozen shell companies in an attempt to conceal the payments. Bank records show the Biden family, their business associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals companies, a memo from Representative James Comer said. The Biden family used business associates companies to receive millions of dollars from foreign companies, the memo continued, adding that the Biden family, quote, received incremental payments over time to different bank accounts. DeSantis told host Jesse Waters that House Republicans are, quote, absolutely within their rights to pursue an impeachment inquiry if it is warranted. They impeached Trump for a phone call, he said. Are you trying to tell me Biden's conduct isn't as significant as that? It's way more significant. So they are absolutely, absolutely within their rights to do that. I think, I think the corruption that's surrounding this family is really unprecedented in the modern history of our country. And the lack of interest on this, on this from the FBI and the Department of Justice just shows you the weaponization. The Florida governor added that the Republicans need to bring accountability because of the American people isn't, because the American people are not going to get it from the Garland DOJ and the Christopher Ray FBI. Number three. 
After the adoption by the Israeli Knesset on Monday, July 24th of the law on the reasonableness clause, several thousand IDF volunteer reservists threatened to no longer serve in their operational posts or to not to show up to training of their unit until further notice. It doesn't matter if and when they will carry out this threat, and it doesn't matter in how many days or weeks their fighting ability will decrease. The damage done is already enormous and will take, in the opinion of the generals themselves, years to repair. Internally, first of all, the alarm sounded by the leaders of the IDF, but also by the Mossad spy agency and the Shin Bet Domestic Security Service, has not been heard by the current government. At the latest Security Cabinet meeting, also on Monday, July 24th, the Director of Military Intelligence and the IDF Operations Commander warned of an alarming drop in the level of deterrence and the risk of a decrease in combat capability in the short and medium term. They also spoke of the growing concern among officers, both career and reserve, and soldiers, that the adoption of this law will entail criminal and judicial risks for them, since Israel will no longer be considered a state with an independent or adequate judiciary. The nation will no longer be able to defend the defenders of the nation who were not listened to, not even the IDF Chief of Staff, Herzi Halevi, who after four days of futile attempts only obtained an audience with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu after the vote on said law. If the head of the Israeli army wanted to speak directly and personally to the head of the state and not through the defense minister, it is because the military high command no longer has confidence in this minister, whose traditional role is, nevertheless, to represent the army within the political arena. Worse still, the image of the IDF has been damaged by insults from Knesset members and also by mockery from the prime minister. The army chief had to specifically request during his meeting with Netanyahu that these invectives stop. Despite all this, the IDF is far from being weakened to the point its enemies would like it to be. It remains a military power that has no equal in the region. If tomorrow the threat of war were to become clear, then all the soldiers and officers, without exception, would join their units and ensure the security of the country without hesitation, whatever their political opinion. And the reason is simple. The Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Herzi Halevi, declared the very day before the vote, which led the reservists to protest, without a strong and united army, Israel, as a country, cannot survive. Thanks for tuning in to the top three segments live on Hako Radio and have a great day.